once you get out into the world and you recognize that, hey, there are different ideas, there are different ways of living and different ways of relating that we understand that where we come from is a special place. Appalachia Meets World, the podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachian. Welcome to the special Thanksgiving episode of Appalachia Meets World. Neil and I have talked a, a lot about the heritage, about the history of Appalachia on a lot of our shows. In regards to history and, and Appalachia carrying on traditions, they like to carry it on through storytelling. And one place that Appalachians really hone their skills in regards to storytelling is at the dinner table. And we thought this is a perfect opportunity to take this time of thanks, Thanksgiving, to actually let you guys have a little sneak peek into our family around our dinner table. I I can't, I'm not going to speak for Neil, but one of my favorite things to do, anytime I come home, the, the place that I have most of the memories, it's not really eating the meal. It's sitting around afterwards at the dinner table and the things we talk about, the things we discuss, I know people say, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics. Well, we talk about that too. But uh, with us, we have everything from at least sixth to seventh generation Appalachians, all the way to first generation, all the way to an outsider or two. We have everything at the table. And we just wanted to welcome you all to our Thanksgiving dinner table. You want to introduce everybody, Neil? We could go around the table and just say who's here. Mom and dad here, Darlis and Johnny Warren. We got my wife, Rachel's here. We got Amy, our sister. We got Amber, our sister. We got a couple of their kids, Luke. We got Amy's husband, who's not really from Appalachia, but has identified in Appalachia for the last 30 years, Aaron. We've got Rachel's mom and dad, Jerry and Gloria Smith. We've got Titus. We've got Maddox. We've got, we've got the whole family here. We got a little bit of everybody. So we'll kick off our episode like we do all of our episodes and just kind of ask everybody. So today, what was your favorite appetizer? My favorite appetizer was the one your wife Which was? I have no idea what it was. <laughs> buffalo, <laughs> buffalo chicken dip. We talked about it before on our show. So she made it today as well. It, it, it was really good. Uh, we also had sausage balls. Sausage balls, uh, buffalo chicken dip. I had pretzel salad. Shrimp cocktail. Oh, yeah, we yeah. had some of that. Yeah. Good. We had spinach salad. I brought the deviled eggs. And I ate them all. <laughs> we had nuts and bolts. We had, um, Captain, we had stuffed Rodney's. celery. Captain Rodney's dip. Yeah, stuffed celery. Did you, so have to had- take, did you have to take a break between appetizer and the meal? I just pushed through. Everybody <laughs> else did, but I just pushed through because that's what I do. <laughs> Since it is Thanksgiving, since it's a special episode, maybe we won't go around the table, but we'll ask anybody that wants to answer, at, you know, at this moment, what, what are you most thankful for? Family. Yeah. Family and how they've all been blessed, being home and being off school. I'm grateful that our family can get together and wants to get together and that we're all healthy enough to be together. I had a Friendsgiving with the girls that I do Bible study with this year. And I think in Appalachia, that women in Bible study all together, being friends and doing life together is kind of a big thing. So she's thankful for her friends. Yeah. None of us, but her friends. (laughs) 
April too. You're some of my best friends. I thank my family. I talk to each of you just about some of you every day. Each you of you never talk to me. You just tell me. I talk to you, but you usually have to go because you got another phone call. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, at least he answers yours. He doesn't even answer mine. <laughs> he doesn't answer my text or my phone call. <laughs> As far as Thanksgiving or just the holidays, does anybody have a special or favorite memory or family tradition that we have that you want to talk about? I will I say my favorite tradition and maybe memory is singing Partridge in a Pear Tree. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's got to be number one on the list. For the don't know that story so you want to you want to share with them that the background of that story well our papaw who we always went to we always went to their house at christmas time and we called him papaw we we always sang the 12 days of christmas and everybody got one of the items and would sing their part as we go through it well papaw got partridge in a pear tree and i'm pretty sure he didn't know what a partridge was and he definitely <laughs> couldn't pronounce it so every time it would get to him Hodridge in a pear tree every time and everybody would just laugh at him and he thought he thought it was the funniest thing in the world I don't really know why I still don't know I still don't know if he knew that we were making fun of him (laughs) he laughed with us yeah great tradition great memory so to that point so we did it that year now since that time we we all get together and sing it every year during Christmas during the holidays when we're all usually over here at this same table that we're around right now so that tradition is a long time now <laughs> does anybody have another uh, favorite holiday memory well it's been a long time but for years I know if you're breathing it's probably it's probably going to be a story that's not true but go ahead <laughs> oh, no, this is a true story <laughs> For, for many years, uh, you know, Amy and I always wore matching outfits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we kind of got away from that. But I'd like to see a return. <laughs> well, there was the Christmas that Uncle Eddie showed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our Uncle Scott. Likes to well, us. and we also have the tradition of the gag gift that has rotated around the family for many years. Yeah, that's Not saying who might have gotten it last year. You want to tell everybody what that gift is? Well, our <laughs> dear grandmother. Yep, we called her grandma. <laughs> Shocked all year for Christmas. And a lot of times she hid gifts so well, she never found them on Christmas Eve to distribute them. But one year she bought one of our cousins what she thought, I'm pretty sure, was like an alert or a safety device that you could use if you got stranded on the side of the road. But in <laughs> fact, she thought it was a flashlight, like a light. Yes, she <laughs> thought it was a light that would flash if you were stranded. And needed assistance, but actually it was a speaker that you install in your car. (laughs) So now the person who got that gift let her know that she did not know what it was and that he would not be using it. And then he re-gifted it the next year. And since then, it's been re-gifted every year. And that's probably been going on for at least 25 years now. Yeah. So watch it now. You you have it. If she can find it. I'm kind of like her when it comes to shopping. Too. <laughs> I remember one Christmas when I was little, I was really little, and Amy got a brand new car for Christmas, and that was really cool. And Will got a brand new four wheeler, and that was really cool. And Amber 
got a spree or and that was really cool and i got a bigfoot and i drove <laughs> that bigfoot around the kitchen all year long that was the year everybody got wheels yeah we all got wheels but you were only six <laughs> <laughs> It was only 19. <laughs> Dad, do you have a favorite holiday memory? No, I'm so broke after the holidays. <laughs> it's all... Seems like I remember somebody getting a Tom Brady sweatshirt or T-shirt. or that was Troy Aikman. Tom Brady wasn't even in the NFL yet. He's been there for 30 years. That, that's the picture covered the whole front of their body. That was the best gift Aaron's ever got. <laughs> I think I remember Aaron trying on Neil's North Carolina basketball shorts. Was that you, Aaron? No, that, that was Pat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was Dad. Her favorite Christmas is Charlotte. She's in the picture. Hey, Char Char. Hi. Hey, hi, everyone. Hi, Star. She's not bad. What's your favorite Christmas? Do you know? Santa Claus, Santa Claus. Daddy and are here. Amy, I know that you, you talked about your, your Appalachian friends. I, I know, obviously, we're all from Appalachia. Well, you, almost. Almost. Well, Aaron's been here so long, he is Appalachian. <laughs> I, I'll ask him first. Do you recognize as an Appalachian, Aaron? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's any question that I do. Yeah, I mean, this is home, and it's been home for 26 years. You know, I've lived half my life here, more than half my life. We give Aaron a hard time because he's from the big city of Louisville. But like we've said in a lot of episodes, you can live here a week, you can live here your whole life, and you can still be Appalachian. I just know that term, people don't always use the term Appalachian, especially maybe before this podcast. I don't know if we all did. I was just wondering if everyone here feels like they recognize as Appalachian. How about you, Luke? Yeah, I would say, I would say so. Whenever I think of myself, I think, man, I'm Appalachian. <laughs> <laughs> way to, you just got that way to handle that question. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if you've been here for like a month or for your entire life, you're pretty much Appalachian. And even if you don't know what that means, like you get the general vibe, if that makes sense. <laughs> How come Luke doesn't sound like he's from Appalachia? He was born in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about Alex? He's another young generation. That, what does being Appalachian mean to you? Have you ever Is the question, it? Will, that we're proud to be Appalachian or that we're just from here? You better be proud. Both. Both. Or do you feel like, do you feel like, do you recognize as being Appalachian and are you proud of being Appalachian? When you go, now now I know you're at UK, and you, you live in Lexington now. When you talk to your friends there that aren't from Appalachia, how does that make you feel? Do you do you let them know where you're from, or do they hear it in your accent? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I feel like, honestly, most kids at UK are from Kentucky. Not all, obviously, but most are. And, yeah, I would say I'm proud to be where I'm from. Why not? Why not? I, same here. I'm proud to be from Kentucky and from Appalachia. But to be honest, I don't think I have as thick of an accent as Alex does. So I might need to explain. <laughs> that. Let's, let's get back to my voice. <laughs> my grandkids even make fun of my voice. So I, <laughs> and I've been here longer than any of them. And I think as we've described on this show before, there's not just one Appalachia. There's, there's a, even though there's one region, you know, there's a lot of different parts to Appalachia. We're not this monolith region. There, there's a lot of different dialects, a lot of different people, a lot of different everything in Appalachia. 
I know we've talked about opportunity on this show or lack thereof when it comes to Appalachia. Do you think there are challenges of being from Appalachia? I think people will label you as a certain, you're poor, you're uneducated, you look this way, talk this way, but I think that's very untrue of most people from around here. And I think because we, this is our culture and this is what we know and we live in it every day, we don't think about it as being different or not being like the rest of the world. It's once you get out into the world and you recognize that, hey, there are different ideas, there are different ways of living and different ways of relating that we understand that where we come from is a special place because it does put a priority on family, puts a priority on tradition, puts a priority on faith. And so those things are not, uh, unfortunately, typical in other societies and in other places as heavily as they are from where we're from. Go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say that, that once you get southeast of Richmond in the legal community, everybody is the same. Once you get that direction, everybody treats everybody as, as basically on equal footing in terms of the legal community. It doesn't matter what county you're in. Everybody seems to be on the same plane in, your profession. in my profession. But but as soon as you get into Fayette County and Westward, when, when they know that you are from the Appalachian area, you have to work that much harder to persuade them that you that you are their equal. There is, there's unquestionably a disrespect of Appalachia. The, the further west you go past Richmond, without question, I encounter that every single time, without question. And it's, it's kind of sad, but it, it's there. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. And, and you know how we know you're from Louisville? That's exactly what I was going to say. I told you what Appalachian. Because <laughs> you said Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever code switched or pretended to be someone that you're not based on the audience that you're in front of? Have you ever uh, acted well, as if you were from somewhere else just based on the, the, the <coughs> audience or the people that you were around? I, I'll answer that. I don't think I've ever acted like I'm from somewhere else, but I maybe have adjusted my accent a little bit. You haven't denied your roots. You've just covered them up a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoken like a true female Appalachian. <laughs> cover up your roots <laughs> yeah yeah when i was in the army at fort hood everybody thought i was from texas yeah. so they talk just like i did <laughs> one of the things that mom mentioned the traditions the history whether it be with religion whether it be with faith whether it be with things that we pass down from generation to generation I, I guess the first question is what do you hope to pass down to the next generation based on what you learned from your mother, your grandparents that you would pass down? I would say I would pass down just taking my kids to church and them taking their kids to church. We grew up going to church every time the doors were open. And I remember that. That's, that's a lot of my childhood memories, being at the church. And whether or not I was sitting in the pew or running around upstairs in First Baptist Church Pineville playing hide and seek, I, I remember being there all the time. You know, I just would like for my kids to have some of those memories and hopefully someday they'll take theirs. I would say that for sure. And then also just placing value on family, doing this, you know, being together for the holidays, even if it's Zoom. <laughs> but 
wanting to be with your family. Is there anything that you wish would have been passed down to you by Papa and grandmother who are no longer with us, by Granny T. Pop, anybody? Is there something that you wish you would have learned that you could have also passed down? I know I wish I would have learned a little bit more in regards to farming, maybe from Papa. Not that I would ever used it, but I would like to have learned a little bit, a little bit more. I've taught you a lot lately, though. <laughs> That's right with the chickens. I think cooking, I made my boys cook with me this morning and learn how to make their two favorite Thanksgiving dishes, which were sweet potato casserole for Andrew and sausage stars appetizer for Alex. So they made those dishes this year. Then we always kind of have the same menu. We don't even have to ask what people are bringing from year to year or holiday to holiday. We kind of have our assigned dishes that we bring. That's kind of become partly our family tradition. I think personally speaking, yes, mom and dad always took us to church, me and my sisters. But one of the things that we didn't do a lot, we did have some other traditions. I remember at one point in time, my dad always wanted us to go out to eat as a family on Tuesday nights. Well, there were only two restaurants to choose from in Bible. Druthers. <laughs> Hospital. Mel's Diner. But yeah. Angles. I love that place. <laughs> and and so, you know, dad want dad was big on family and he uh, appreciated those kinds of things. But one of the things that we did not do necessarily as a family was a devotional or a, a reading of the Bible, other than it maybe holidays or something like that. We didn't do that necessarily on a regular basis. And so, and consequently, we didn't do that a lot either. As you are growing up, yes, we took you to church and we expected you to do that, but we didn't emphasize that coming together as a family. And that's one thing I wish we'd done a lot more of. You know, we talk about the misconceptions of, of Appalachia. What what one thing, maybe we'd go around, but what one thing would you tell someone not from Appalachia? What would you tell them about Appalachia? I would say that the hospitality in Appalachia is the best in the world and the cooking. <laughs> Good answer. And speaking of that, as an example, when I was younger, when someone was getting married in the community or there was a, a, a significant, like, or a child, someone was having a baby, then there was a group of the older women who would come together and have a very nice event to celebrate that occurrence. It would be done uh, with great decoration. It would be done with great preparation. It would be done with everyone coming together and minding their manners and enjoying, whether it was a a tea or a bride-to-be or if it was a baby shower. That was the kind of etiquette that was taught to my generation by the generation before me. I think that's, in talking about hospitality, that's one of the things that is a part of it. And yes, we still do that to a certain extent, but not to the level that it was done when I was, was a girl. Growing up in a town like Pineville, Kentucky, where we all were born and raised, for the most part, it was such a small town, the people that lived around you, your neighbors, became your family, because you saw them everywhere you went. You went to church with them, you went to school with them, you banked with them, you went to the grocery with them, because 
it was such a small place. They were with you everywhere, familiar faces all around that they became your family. And when you live in a bigger town, even London, which is bigger, and especially like Cleveland, Lexington, where you all are, there's less of that sense of community because you go to church with one group of people, you go to school with another group of people, you shop with people you don't know, and you don't see the same faces recurring in your daily activities over and over. So therefore, it's less of a sense of community. But when you live in such a small place, like mom said, you celebrate all those milestones with them because you would do that with your family. One other thing I I want to say about what I would want to promote or people to know about Appalachia is that it is a very rich culture, extremely rich culture, because we have been a melting pot for many immigrants who came into the United States and had the opportunity to use their skills and their gifts of as artisans and as individuals with talent and to ply their trades in this area. I didn't realize it when I was a girl, but there was an Italian who had a tailor shop right in downtown Pineville. There was a Jewish man who had a business there in town. There were people of Greek descent who lived there in the community who had restaurants. And the forming of this area was done with a very rich culture and some very, very gifted individuals who contributed to the richness of the traditions here. So I think a lot of times the outside world doesn't know that at all. And they don't see that. I, and I think that's where, you know, we have a lot of musical talent in these mountains, particularly where we are. And hey. a lot of that is a part of the immigration. Hey, well, I think she needs her own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking think, of musical talent, I, I was just going to ask another question to, to mom's point. She was talking about people with creative skill. One of our questions that we wanted to ask and kind of go around and talk about, unless you got something to add to that last thing first. I was just going to say in today's society or, or in this day and age when modesty is kind of dead, you know, everyone's about branding themselves. Everyone's about talking about themselves to promote themselves because you essentially have to in today's world with social media, with everything else. I think in Appalachia, we were always raised, we was always brought up to be very humble, to be very modest. I know in our family, we were. I think that's kind of dead, not in Appalachia, but I would tell people from outside of Appalachia that that's the type of people we are. We're just modest, humble, have a modest, humble nature. And that, that doesn't always get us as far as someone else who is branding themselves, who's talking about themselves 24-7. I, I don't think being modest, being humble is a bad thing. I appreciate how I was brought up. I appreciate how Appalachians are. I appreciate that being part of our tradition, part of our heritage. And I think we should keep that regardless of what the rest of society is doing. I, I think that's true. There was not the self-promotion. You worked hard and you stand on its own. Yes. Speak for itself. Just get back to that creative comment a minute ago about mom. I just wonder if you can think of a favorite Appalachian creative, whether it be an author or a singer, songwriter, a maker, inventor, artist, uh, of any sort, is there somebody that you know is Appalachian that is a is a favorite of yours? Dolly Parton, I have to say, we can't ignore her as a creative genius. Yeah, and she's my age, and I can remember 
seen her on the Cas Walker show when I was about 12 and she was about 12 and she started with Porter Wagner and uh, has applied her talent in many, many creative ways. And I think she is truly to be recognized as a major contributor to Appalachian heritage. And there are many others. I mean, right now you all would say Chris Staples. As far as Dolly, it's even beyond her music. She's she, no matter how big, she's never forgotten about where she's from. And she's always stayed true to her Appalachian roots, which is uh, commendable, I think. Wendell Berry is one of mine. I, th I think he he obviously stays true to his roots. He's an author, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't know Wendell Berry. Dad, if he wrote a book, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're in Laurel County and since I just read one of his books this week, Silas House is an author who's from here in Laurel County. And he uh, recently wrote an elegy for a school that was, a magazine article, actually, I'm pretty sure. And it was very well done describing an old school here, which you all would know as Lily School. And I'm sure a lot of people in the community have read that recently. I would mention this man. His name is Johnny Hendrickson. You all may remember him. Uh, he and his wife lived in Pineville. Johnny is a world-class whittler. He does very small carvings. And his primary subject is Santa Claus. And he sells his art at the Artisan Center in Perea, where many talented local artists sell theirs. But those kinds of skills are what I'm talking about in the kind of rich culture that we have that came to America. Yeah, Appalachia has a ton of makers. Right, let, let me, let me kind of switch the question up. If you could invite one Appalachian to Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> who would it be? Dolly. <laughs> and i would let him <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this i think everyone's already answered it you know they, they say to keep religion and politics out of the dinner table but would you vote for dolly absolutely, hey, absolutely yeah. she's a smart woman i don't know if i can vote for a girl will <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yes, you should vote for Dolly Parton. Well, I think we should start the campaign, Dolly, in 2024. Couldn't beat her. Is there any advice that you would give to a younger you in Appalachia? You know that old song, I wish I knew, well, I wish I knew then what I know now. Uh, is there any advice that you would give to yourself of being an Appalachian in Appalachia? I have advice I would have given myself, and that is to look around to be a little more willing to trust yourself not shy away from a challenge don't be scared <laughs> that's what i'd say well, my advice to a younger me would be uh, cuss them out tomorrow <laughs> my advice would be uh i think to hold on to childhood friendships a little bit closer i think looking back i would have probably stayed in touch i i, I wish i would have told myself you need to stay in touch with some of your childhood friends a little bit closer is it anybody else's like favorite part of the holidays sitting around the table after we eat? I know we've laughed, we've cried, we've learned, we've, we've, we've done a lot around the kitchen table. I, th I think a lot of Appalachians can relate to that. A lot of people in general. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite. I can sit down with everybody then. It's always good to be able to have a time to catch up, to know what's been going on with everybody. Since you That's never called me, 
or answer my phone calls, we we never have time to catch up. Yeah, I know. Hey, Will, nobody knew you actually talked until we started this podcast. <laughs> no one ever actually listened until we started this podcast. <laughs> like I said, nobody answers my text or my phone calls. <laughs> Just a good time to catch up with everybody and reminisce reflect we've had some classic conversations around the dinner table some we can't repeat as my husband says or i say we don't gossip but my husband will say he's quiet around our kitchen table when we're all together because he has no idea because we talk about everybody and he has no idea who it is we're talking about <laughs> speaking of chris it looked like he pulled the whole pie out there to have for dessert did he have the whole yeah. pie he made the pie this year, so he was, <laughs> yeah. What kind of pie? He made a pecan. Pecan. Oh, my gosh. That's good, too. <laughs> okay. Is that Appalachian pecan or pecan? But we had that discussion last night. Huh? Pecan or pecan? We say pecan. Um, I bet pecan. Luke says pecan. No, Luke I say pecan. pecan. If, you, if you say pecan, I just don't trust you in anything. <laughs> <laughs> pecan. Something to for emergencies. (laughs) (laughs) So when you think about Appalachia, do you think about all 13 states, 420 counties that identify as Appalachia, or do you just think of Eastern Kentucky? What about you, Luke? You, You used to live in Asheville. Do you think of all 13 states when you think of Appalachia? No, I'm biased. I think I think of just Kentucky as, as and as much as North Carolina, especially Asheville, is still Appalachia to me. That just feels like a, a hillier Kentucky. So, yeah, I sort of just think of Kentucky. Alex, uh, I think of West Virginia a lot. I don't know why. I think last year I read about Appalachia in school and it was mostly talking about West Virginia. So I'll well, that's it. a good point. He doesn't even realize what a great point that is. But West Virginia is the only state in Appalachia that is entirely in Appalachia. Uh, that's a that's a good good one to think of. Valid impression. I probably think of uh, this region and I tend to think of Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia. And I've told this on myself before that my grandfather lived in Virginia. And when I was growing up, every Sunday afternoon, <clears throat> we came home from church, we ate lunch, we went to Virginia. And I was about 12 before I realized that Virginia was a state and not the country (laughs) because Paul lived uh, on dry branch at the head of a holler and mom and dad would just say, we're going to Virginia. And in my mind, it was the country and we'd get to the, and I always wanted to go. I loved my grandpa and we'd get up there and he'd let us go to his little store that was on the side of the Creek. He'd give us the key and tell us to get a poke up, poke of candy. <laughs> so we'd fill a brown paper bag up with candy and take it home with. And when we got to within a mile or two of this house, it was a gravel road. And so he would let as long, as soon as we were able to stand up in front of him in the car and see over the steering wheel, he would let us steer the car on into Paul's house. So that was always a treat to go to Virginia. So I think of this region, not just Kentucky. We were going to make the last question, would you vote for Dolly? Uh, but I think there's consensus there. We all have heard that. Mom even gave a free pass for Dolly to Dad. We usually end the show with uh, or kind of the tail end of the show. 
of asking all of our guests, as you guys already know, because you are our only seven listeners. But uh, <laughs> anyway, what comes to mind? I say the word Appalachia. Southeast Kentucky. Rich Family. For me, it's home. Immunity. Hospitality. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> When I think of Appalachia, it does kind of make you think of NASCAR. I don't know why. Obviously mountains. Redneck. <laughs> I would say festivals. Man, yeah. Moon Festival. Oh, she had, she had to name a specific one. <laughs> Did you hear that, Will? What? Daniel Boone Festival. Of course. Marvel. <laughs> Maddox said mountains. I will say that the first time I ever went to the Mountain Law Festival, it, it was... I don't know. It's like I had not really been living until then. Uh, it, it was just this amazing slice of Americana that I had only read about in books. And I, I just knew that I wanted to live. I'm in... going to marry that girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm not kidding at all when I say that it was just the greatest thing I had ever experienced in terms of this is what America is supposed to be at its best. And um, yeah, I, I knew that that moment that I didn't want to live, I was done with the big city, that I would never knock wood, God willing, live in the big city ever again. I yeah. think that's a really good ending for the show, unless anyone wants to add add anything. Well, I think we could say that as far as everyone except you and Amber, that we're home, where we're going to stay. All right. Well, I guess me and Neil can take over and end it like we usually do. Until next time. Peace. Now I'm back up where I belong in the mountains.